Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Crush became a surprise hit for the previously unknown Jennifer Page in the fall of 1998. Before her album was even released, she was out on the road performing the song on television in support of her newfound fame. Unfortunately, she was never able to match the heights of the meteoric rise of her debut single. Our Patreon supporters demanded it, so this week, Matt and I dive into this iconic pop song, and we might solve the mystery, or rewrite history, of why Jennifer wasn't able to repeat her success. So Matt, it's September of 1998. Google is formally incorporated by two students at Stanford. One hit Thunder favorite Natalie Imbruglia wins Best New Artist at the VMAs. Frasier wins the Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker's Rush Hour is released to theaters. Britney Spears' debut single Baby One More Time is released. The fastest woman ever recorded Florence Griffith Joyner, a.k.a. Flojo, as noted in the... uh, 
<laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot song. Uh, she passes away at the age of 38 from an epileptic seizure in her sleep. Atlanta Hawks star Trey Young is born. John Stamos and Rebecca Romaine are married at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And one-hit Thunder host Chris Fafalius moves into his first college dorm for his freshman year of college at Duquesne. And September of 1998 is also when Jennifer Page's crush peaked at number three on the Hot 100 and stayed there for four consecutive weeks, which all leads to my big question, Matt. Have you ever had a crush? I have. Pro- I think I'm the king of crushes. King of I crush. Had, the king of crush. <laughs> I, I had so many crushes, be it celebrity crushes or mm-hmm. like, you know, especially... I don't know. You're you're a dorky kid. You don't have a lot of girlfriends in your life. And then you go to college and there's just all of these like gorgeous, smart women <laughs> around you. Like, I think I had more crushes in the fall of 2004, my freshman year at college than at any other point in my life. I feel like it's easier to have a crush without interacting with that person. And then mm. I think the more you interact with that person, you either realize that the crush was like just a quick infatuation and that you're just kind of more friendly with that person. Or sometimes you just don't like them at all after you get to meet them or it turns into love. Well, (laughs) part of a crush sometimes is that it's fleeting, that it's a quick thing that, that happened. The Oxford definition of crush is a brief but intense infatuation for someone, especially someone unattainable or inappropriate the inappropriate part really makes me think of the movie the crush starring yeah. alicia, starring alicia <laughs> silverstone who was played a 14 year old who had a crush on the 28 year old character nick who was played by carrie elwes who yep. was staying i think at her parents like lodge? it was like above their garage yeah okay <laughs> yeah and then she ends up like she sees him hooking up with like a woman he should an age appropriate woman and she releases wasps into the yeah. into that woman's room and then she grabs the used condom from the garbage and accuses him of sexual assault and all this yeah i mean the movie's really messed up doesn't age that well did you guys do that one on horror movie night we did it for horror movie night um so i i fairly recently we did it for horror movie night uh so i can also tell you that he does kiss her before all of this happens <laughs> Like oh, he why? he takes her to like what because she's they're at like a party and he's like this party sucks and she's like yeah let me show you something really cool and they go by the water and he kisses her and then is like I shouldn't have done that that's inappropriate oh. and that's so he he also he's not so innocent what we landed on I forgot but, about that yeah he, yeah he you know I was gonna say he gets what's coming to him but in the end he's kind of the like. The hero. She goes to the mental institution, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah, he's... she goes to the mental institute and keeps writing letters to him and also becomes obsessed with her doctor. Oh. We could go down a whole thing of this. I don't know if you've watched the show Euphoria. What I think is messed up. I mean, the show's Zendaya's performance is amazing. Great actors and like whatever. But the thing that's messed up about it is, yeah, everybody's of age you know, who's getting naked on it, but they're supposed to be high school students. Yeah. So it's, it's really- a very weird line that we do. That we deal with that with hard movie night all the time where it's like 22, 23 year olds, but they're playing yeah. high schoolers. And you're like, this is, this feels wrong. Yeah. It does feel wrong. You mentioned how this song was trapped at number three. Yeah. And it, I just wrote down the top five because the top five, like these are all pretty 
big songs that that Jennifer Page was hanging out amongst. Yeah. Number five was The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Mm-hmm. Number four was My Way by Usher. This was at number three. Number two was The First Night by Monica. So Monica had two songs in the top five. And then the number one song was, this was during the unstoppable period of Aerosmith's yeah. Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Jennifer really got screwed by Aerosmith. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were just they were just on that roll. Uh, but crush, everybody's had a crush. You know, we were talking about what, what were some of your, I know who my celebrity crushes were as a kid. Who are some of yours? My celebrity crush has been the, I guess it's not even a crush at this point. Cause it's been the same since I was a teenager was Christina Ricci. I remember, oh, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people fall for Christina Ricci for Adam's family. For me, it was when I was a kid and I rented Casper where she's mm. just kind of like a regular weird dorky teen. Uh-huh. I was like, who is this girl? And then it was like every couple years a new Christina Ricci movie would come out and I would fall I would fall head over heels all over again. Even like one of her weirder movies, Pecker. I just watched that recently. <laughs> yeah, I was like, God, she's so pretty. Like she's just even in Yellow Jackets now, when she's like really fucking crazy, I'm still just like, Oh, but those those Christina Ricci blues, baby. <laughs> like, yeah, I love her. I love her. Yeah. She's babe. We have that. We have that in common. Yeah, I'm a Christina yeah. Ricci guy. I remember my first ever growing up, you know, as a little kid, but um, Alyssa Milano was on. That's a good one. Who's the boss? That was one of my first ones. I had this weird teenage uh, Natalie Merchant in 10,000 Maniacs Unplugged crush. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Only which, that moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just her on that. I mean, I was just obsessed with that unplugged album and thought she was super hot i've said this before but i think that there's sometimes there are like actresses that i don't have a crush on but i have like a crush on a very specific character Mm. that they played like a like allison hannigan comes to mind where it's like i don't have a crush on allison hannigan when i'm watching buffy or when I'm watching How I Met Your Mother, but there's something about her as the band geek in <laughs> in American Pie that I like. Do have a bit of a crush. I like geeky people, man. That's like my type. Is I like dorks. Yeah. So her playing like super dorky and kind of weird. I was like, ooh, I, I like this. I like this person. I had <laughs> I had the most unfortunate of crushes, but I don't think I was alone as a guy in the mid to late nineties, a teenager, in having this crush. I've probably brought it up here before, but my unfortunate crush was Jenny McCarthy. I just yeah, she yeah. was so, so gross and disgusting and. And hot and naked and whatever. <laughs> like just she was just everything someone could want, just in, like fondling all those guys on uh singled, singled out. out. Yeah. yeah. In in nineteen ninety eight there was a very brief moment where I had a celebrity crush on Taylor Hansen before I realized that it was a boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the first time I turned on uh the box and Umbot was playing, I'm like, who are these three hot chicks? Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, That's a very like, quick crush. <laughs> uh, so a crush, I want to get into crushes a little bit more here. Okay. The Britannica definition is a strong feeling of romantic love for someone that is usually not expressed and does not last a long time. The person who has a crush is usually young or is behaving or feeling like a young person. I feel like I've had crushes all through my life. Yeah, I think that that's nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. As far as what a crush feels like, 
I don't know. Maybe some people haven't experienced this. I definitely have. I was very awkward. And I feel like I still could be that way even today. Not as bad. But when I was a kid, if I was around a girl, I liked, oh, my God. So when you have a crush on someone, like a true crush, the chemicals that your body produces may cause you to be giddy, euphoric, and even to experience suppressed hunger and sleep cues. You may recall a time when someone made your heart thud erratically in your chest. Heat rise in your body, making you blush, and the sensation of being tongue-tied are not able to form coherent thoughts. Boy, oh boy, have I been there as when I was growing up in you know my teens and early 20s. Holy cow, I know. Th- when I'm reading that, I'm like, oh my God, I feel all those things did you so so here's a weird weird one like i said a lot of people in my freshman year of college were like crushes meeting them and i was just like oh my god and i had all of those circumstances right Mm -hmm. where i was like just a doofus (laughs) like trying to talk to them total doofus which made them immediately lose interest and i had on more than one occasion where i became friends with them and the crush had subsided and i could be a normal person where someone has said to me, man, if you were like this the first time I met you, (laughs) I would have been interested. Like, it's like you just, your brain betrays you. (laughs) Heart beating, can't talk, can't say, you know, you have this big plan of things you're going to say. Man, oh man, I have been there. I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that. Unless you're just so freaking cool. Unless you're just so cool that you've never experienced that. Yeah. Let's stress. We might seem cool over here on One Hit Thunder, but these are, we're two very not cool dudes. I envy, <laughs> I envy somebody that has never felt that. But I don't know. But I feel like having a crush on somebody and feeling those emotions, that's what it's like. What it's like to be alive. That's being alive. That's like good. I, I you, like that I experienced that, those kind of things in my life. So let me ask you this question, though. Do you think the lyrics to Jennifer Page's crush properly capture wow. how you feel when you have a crush? That's a good um, question. You know, it's just a little crush. Not like I faint every time we touch. It's just some little thing. Not like everything I do depends on you. And then she has that verse. It's the rising of my adrenaline you're banging on a heart of tin. Please don't make too much of it, baby. You say the word forevermore. That's not what I'm looking for. All I can commit to is maybe. No. This, <laughs> yeah. This doesn't make sense to me because if you do have a crush on somebody, that's what you want. You want to be with, like, in that moment. So, so here's what my theory is. I have always thought that this song is Jennifer Page talking about how she has a crush on a boy. I think that this song is her politely putting down a guy saying, wow. you don't love me. This is just a crush. You are correct. <laughs> I'm looking at the lyrics and you're right. She is the one being crushed on, which makes sense because she's a very attractive woman. <laughs> yeah. She- I I was looking at the lyrics. I'm like, this is literally her being like, don't read into this. You just have a crush. Don't make things awkward. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's what it is. And it, yeah, it definitely makes sense if you've seen Jennifer Crush, 25-year-old Jennifer Crush when she released this song. Even though Jennifer I've... Page, Jennifer Page, Jennifer Crush should be her name. <laughs> Jennifer Crush. That's, that's fine because this is this is one hit thunder and it's her only song. I will be referring to her as Jennifer Crush. Uh not her actual birth name which I believe was Jennifer Shuggins. <laughs> Jennifer Shuggins, why would you change that to Jennifer? I would just gone straight for Jennifer Crush if you're going to change it. But uh, 
<laughs> yeah, this song is described as a teen pop song, but she is not a teen at the time of this. She is in her mid-20s, and it is her debut single from her album, Jennifer Page. Not yeah. Jennifer Crush. It, um, yeah. it did... So the thing that kind of blew me away was that this was one of those situations, and they we've, we've talked about it a lot in like the punk and rock world. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about it that often in the pop world, where a radio station, Kiss FM, just began playing the song, mm-hmm. and it just exploded. And the quote that I found from Jennifer Page, she said, we had no pictures, no photography. The song hadn't even been mastered or mass produced yet. Nothing. Like this radio station just found this song, started playing it, and it quickly became the number three song in America. And they essentially, like, I think she got signed based on how popular the song was becoming without the record label involvement. And like everything else was a game of playing catch up. And I think that it kind of shows when you listen to a lot of the other songs that it was, Hey, Mm. we've got to, we've got to strike while the iron's hot. Like we got to get 12 more songs and get this album out. Like ASAP. (laughs) I I watched a very unpolished Jennifer page perform, make her network TV debut on Regis and Kathy Lee. Kelly. Yeah. Oh, Kathy Lee. This is pre, this is Regis and Kathy Lee, which I will, I mean, Neither of those two, obviously, R.I.P. Regis and Kathy Lee is no longer on there. I still call it Regis and Kathy Lee. Even when it was <laughs> Michael Strahan and Kelly Ripa or whoever. Is it still them? Is this show still on? I don't even know. But It was definitely the show that I would sometimes watch with my mom when home's yes. sick. Like that. Yes. <laughs> and then yes. over to over to Game Show Network for the rest of the day. <laughs> it will always be Regis and Kathy Lee to me. But yes, she goes on there and, and sings it. And you could tell that like it's someone that was really thrown into the mix. And that makes sense because I really, I like this song. I think yeah. she stumbled into a really good song here. She did not write it. Um, no. But it's a really, really good song. And then the rest of the songs, the other singles, I was expecting to be, as a, I'm a pop guy. I love a great pop song. I was expecting to like more songs by Jennifer Page, and I kind of just was like, oh, these aren't really that great. I mean, her other singles, Sober, It's Okay, Always You, her third single, which there's like a regular version of it and like a dance version. It's okay, uh, but they're no crush. I did not have a crush on the other songs. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. 
Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50, the words one hit and the number 50 that is, at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Horror Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. So I always got this song confused because shortly after like a year or two after one of the early mandy moore songs was also uh, called crush oh yeah crush and on, I, I got a crush on you i got a crush on you which is like the opposite of this song actually lyrically now that we figured out but like for years i would when people would mention the song crush i would think of the mandy moore song more than this song yeah i mean there's a lot of songs called crush i'm looking at just a list of them but i think that those two were like literally like a year apart from each other so it's like not only was she kind of just thrusted into this but then you have like hyper established mandy moore right releasing a song with the same title as you like it's already gonna take the wind out your sails at that point can we start the rumor or can this just be our toady introduced me to the the theory of head cannon but can it be the head cannon that <laughs> that crush by Jennifer Page is the reaction song to the crush song from Mandy Moore, even though the Jennifer Page version was, I believe, first, right? Yes. Okay. I, I am fully on board with this. Okay. Uh, and like yeah, that's the headcanon for from here on out. Yeah. Is is that this is the response to yes. Mandy Moore's crush. Yes. It's just a little crush, Mandy. <laughs> okay. So I'm sure that this is probably a song you like. But did you know what song bumped finally after her four week run at number three, bumped her down to number four? No, what song? In early October 1998. This is your only hint. It's been. Oh, yeah. I love BNL. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, BNL, I would. BNL. Okay, so, <laughs> so at one point, I've seen them live. They put on a great live show. I would say. If I was to think of every band that I like and rank them in favorite bands, Bare Naked Ladies would be in my top 20 easily. Wow. Easily. Uh, Their albums and Stunt that has one week is probably my favorite album from there. But like their their early like before one week albums, like when I worked my way backwards, because one week was how I found I, I like vaguely knew old apartment from like occasionally showing up on the radio, but like one week was what made me go like, Oh, who are these guys? They're like early records are so fun. They're just fun. They're just a fun band yeah. and I'm into fun music. Uh, but yeah, 
Yeah. Bare Naked Ladies. Absolutely. Love this song. This was a song that we would listen to on many Kelly family vacations. Okay. This and, and Chumbawamba Tub Thumping would make its way onto every road trip mixtape for the uh, the car ride. I take it you're not a BNL guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm not <laughs> enough of a, a fan of them to call them BNL. You, they got to be in your top 20 bands to call them BNL. Uh, I think that's that's pretty funny. Um, so as far as Jennifer Page goes, I listen to more of her music. She released a song in 2008, a single with Nick Carter called yeah. Beautiful Lie. I, I love my notes for every song. I would like listen to the song, ready to like, pull it apart, say what I liked about it and say what I don't like about it. My note on this is as the same as for sober and always you it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that that's the, I, every once in a while on this podcast, we talk about an artist where it's just all of the right things happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is going to be the story of crush to a certain extent is like you had the right songwriters. You had a great, music track behind it like we should i i sent you a video that was kind of comical where it was two people pretending to be the backup singers on this song but that's what makes this song i think yeah i think if you took out the like ah crush like you would lose so much in this song yeah i think you're right this might be the first song ever on one hit thunder where the backup vocals make <laughs> the song, make the hit. I mean, the verses are forgettable. The chorus is good, but those backup vocals. But it's vocals, that extra piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it was just, it's just a little crush. It's yeah. not as memorable as the, it's just ah, a little crush, crush. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That's a really good call, man. It, and uh, I, I, Love that chorus. That is a really, really good chorus. I, I got to give the songwriters credit. It was like four guys. Yeah, it was this. four different guys. Only one of them. Let me actually, I forgot to click into that. Only one of them had a hyperlink, which usually tells me that the other three guys didn't do a hell of a lot of noteworthy mm-hmm. things after the big hit. But let me see. The one guy, Mark, Mark Millar. Uh, he wrote Crush for Jennifer Page, and that's what Love's for for Amy Grant, and nothing at all for Heart. Vanity Fair magazine article about him and his DuckTales theme covered the pop music career. So he wrote the DuckTales theme. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he wrote Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers theme song. Oh, Chip and Dale. Ah, you see, he's... We should just add the Oz and the Crushes to all of his songs. Holy cow. Dude, you know what I a DuckTales. Th- woo! <laughs> this dude is the king of the backup vocal. Yeah. <laughs> the woo-woo makes the DuckTales song. Let's see. I'm looking at the whole thing now. So he has two Emmy Award nominations for his lyrics on the ABC TV series Life Goes On and Quincy M.E. Uh, but he also wrote the title song for DuckTales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, he also wrote the theme song for the film The Little Engine That Could. <laughs> he wrote the DuckTales theme song and Crush. Dude, that is... And sh- that's crazy. That's fantastic. That is <laughs> such a mind-blowing takeaway from this episode, man. <laughs> but yeah, somebody who's better at editing things for me. <laughs> like, just replace 
like Chippin Dale ah rescue rangers <laughs> dude so good so good man it would be so much fun to write the theme song to a cartoon <laughs> i feel like you could just do whatever the fuck you want it with that that i mean the ducktales theme song is the apex of cartoon theme songs i, there's never, I agree there's never been a better one i don't know that there ever will be a better one that song i feel like could have been a hit song i sometimes laugh to myself thinking about that song being a hit song without any show being called DuckTales existing. Just <laughs> this guy wrote a song called DuckTales. Just while we're talking about theme songs, because, man, we're going in all types of directions on this Jennifer Page episode. I just finished reading a book that I was not totally blown away by, um, which was uh, called Slimed, The Oral History of Nickelodeon's First Years. And you and I watched the Orange Years yeah. uh, documentary one time. Great doc. But they, in the book, probably the most interesting part in the entire book was when they dove into the the writing of the early Nickelodeon TV show theme songs. Mm -hmm. And they talked about, like with Doug, how the guy was like, I wanted the theme song to capture the idea of a song that's in a young kid's head when he's being imaginative. And that's why there's no instruments. Yeah. It's just like different vocal things like as do if you were a kid do just do yeah just like do 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 and then you start doing like your own little like guitar part you're like it's like talking about that and then like with Ren and Stimpy it was just that they knew a guy who played blues guitar and was just like can you just write a bluesy riff for us real quick and they just made up a song and that became the theme song but it fits like perfectly what that show is in such a weird way like it was like it was a that's like the best chapter in the whole book is breaking down like the thought that goes into those theme songs and making sure that it like matches. Like they said, like the the music that the the uh, Rugrats theme was written on was that they just went to a Goodwill and found children's toy instruments mm -hmm. and started like using that to compose the song. And then the dude from Devo just like took that. Right. And like ran with it. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's cool. this dude's out here writing, like you said, like. Radio-friendly yeah. hits as kids' theme songs. Yeah, so good. Mark Muller. As far as Jennifer Page goes, the most recent song I listened to her was a single called Devils in the Details that was released in 2017. And it was like more of like a moody synth-pop song. And I kind of liked it. Though. I liked it. I actually <laughs> yeah. liked it. And that's a good thing that all those years later, she's writing... It's, I don't like it as much as Crush, but that you know she's coming out the other end with with a good song there and uh yeah. and I, this is we we mentioned this something this is kind of one of the truest of one hit wonders in the sense of like this song hit number three on the u.s charts and not another single from her really made any impact on the mainstream chart she had like a song that was like a minor dance hit right mm -hmm. but even when you look internationally like this song did super well internationally and even then like all of her follow-up songs are like in the 70s or 80s of the chart like this is this is one of those situations where there is no country where someone is listening to this episode and being like, what are you talking about? Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Page is royalty. Jennifer <laughs> like, Page is huge in New Zealand. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think that's happening. I, I like the song. Matt, before we do Thunder Blunder, I have a little bit of a game for you. I was hoping you would. All right, <laughs> let's do this. 
So is it finish the lyrics to DuckTales? Because I can do it. No, it's it's <laughs> about the danger. <laughs> We're back to crushes. Okay. So I wanted to see if I could find any information on who the most crushed upon people were in the okay. country. <laughs> and I went to a site called The Loop or The Loup, the L-O-U-P-E, this site. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the Loup, the Loop. Um, anyway, they had an article about the most popular celebrity crushes in the United States. The article was from August of 2023. Okay. So not okay. that not that long ago. Yeah, this is fairly timely. Okay. They analyzed the search volume for over 130 male and female celebrities using lists like People's Sexiest Man Alive, Trendspotter's Hottest Female Celebrities, and others in order to compile this list. They then turned to Google Trends data for March 2021 through March 2022 to determine which male and female celebs each state is searching for the most. Okay? Okay. So that's how they compiled these lists of eight people each. One is dream celeb husbands, and one is dream celeb wives. And I want to see, how should I do this? You get, you're trying to get, geez, this is, I don't know if you can do it. Okay. If you can get two names from each of them, you win. Okay. But you can get three strikes on each. We'll go back and forth. You got to name two of the eight of dream celebrity husbands and dream celebrity wives to win. And this is wild. It's a wild list. And I don't, this data is crazy, but we'll see if you can get it. Let's start with a dream celebrity husband. You got to name two of them. You get three strikes. Um, I feel like I've heard a lot of people... Actually, no, that's going to be too obscure, I think. Let's go with like a Hemsworth. Let's say Chris Hemsworth. That's a strike. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go to Dream Celebrity Wives. Good. What's your first guess there? Can I ask a, uh, a question real quick? Maybe. Just because it's such a wide net. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that all of these names are fairly recent or current celebrities? Or is this like the whole spectrum of of pop culture is covered in this it's the whole spectrum for sure but they're all people that people would still know like it's not like that it's like you know uh yeah the lead singer of like one of the singers of menudo is like no 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 no. it's not yeah it's not like that okay okay um okay if the whole spectrum is covered i'm gonna say one of the wives could be like a Julia Roberts? No, that's a strike. Surprisingly, okay. that surprising that's a strike. Let's go back to husbands. You you get you got nothing yet, but Okay, let me go for a wider net. I get three strikes on both sides yep, or just both across sides. The, okay. Both sides. Um I'm gonna go in a similar vein. The other person from Pretty Woman is Richard Gere somehow up in there. <laughs> no, Richard Gere did not make the list. Look, old so. people also look up strikes. their dream celebrity husbands. Yeah, I, I mean I feel like you're thinking the right way. Yeah. Okay. Based on these, to a certain extent, you're you're not, your thinking isn't like. I'm also too thinking far. all actors. I should step out of that. Okay. So go back to wives now. Go back to wives. Let me think of the biggest pop star in the world that's literally everywhere is Taylor Swift on there. That is a strike, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't <laughs> believe that there wasn't one of them. But 
You, you got two strikes on each now. I feel like you're going to read this list and I'm going to be like, oh, of course, but also like how the hell would I have come to the conclusions of any of these? You're going to um, say, right. oh, of course, to some and you're going to be outraged by some. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to just... This one's this one's for my friends who used to do the Disneyto podcast because they talked about him constantly. Is Henry Cavill in the husbands list no, from the Witcher era? <laughs> you have struck out on Dream Celebrity Husbands. You got okay. one more strike left on Dream Celebrity Wives. Look, you know what? I'm just going to speak my heart. It's probably wrong. This is the hardest game you've ever created <laughs> for this podcast. So I'm just going to say Christina Ricci because she's she's my Dream Celebrity Wife. Right. Nope. Okay, let's hear uh, That's it. a strike as well. So we're going to go, you want the husbands or wives first? Let's do the husbands. The husbands. We're going to start at number eight and work our way up to number one. At number eight, Will Smith. Mm. <laughs> at number seven, Pierce Brosnan. Mm. <laughs> at number six, Johnny Depp. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> at number five, John Legend. I would have never gotten to John Legend. Yeah. You could have given me a thousand guesses. I would have gotten to John Legend. <laughs> At number four, Bradley Cooper. Okay. Yeah. Should have. Oh, my God. Is Brad Pitt on the list? Uh, he's not. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. At number three, this is one where I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm interested if you know who this is. At number three, Jensen Ackles. <laughs> Is he an athlete? No. Who he's, is Jensen he, Ackles? He's on the show Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> Jensen Ackles. Not Brad Pitt. Number two. <laughs> Drake. Okay. I mean, sure. Uh, and number one. Lo- gotta love this number one. The Rock. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. The Rock. <laughs> I could understand. Especially thinking of like, if you're imagining a husband... It's like he's in shape. He's got a yeah. great sense of humor. He yeah. seems really nice. <laughs> like, yeah. He does check a lot of husband boxes. A lot of husband boxes that people like, I don't know, Johnny Depp don't seem to check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will Smith, you know, I, I don't yeah, know. It's like people I don't really classify as seeming nice or funny <laughs> to yeah. me. But all right, let's hear the wives. Let's hear the wives. All right. And we should also no- chime in if we would if w- they would be on our wives. Okay. List. We could chime in whether they'd be on our let's say if they'd be in our top twenty five okay. wives list. Um number eight. Shakira. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm down like, with that one. I, I mean, like 25 is a long, a, a lot of names. I would say Shakira probably makes it. Shakira, in the top Shakira's in her like mid to late 40s, looks great. God, great that's right. Because she did that Super Bowl performance and people were like, this is a woman that's nearing 50. Yeah. Like, like, look at this. Yeah. Uh, she, all right. Number seven. Don't know who this is. Looked up a picture of her. She looked somewhat familiar. Lauren Cohan or Cohen? Lauren Cohen. Cohen. All right. I'm also she- going to Google, but I'm going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, know who I it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, she's from The Walking Dead. Okay. I mean, I don't watch that, but yeah, sure. Number six, Beyonce. All right. Which I would say, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, number five. Interesting. Amy Adams. Yeah. I would say Amy. Wow. Amy Adams is is very charming and funny. Um, I, I often get her confused with, uh, is it Isla Fisher is like, yes, they look like so they, much alike. They look so alike that I always forget who's in what movie, but yeah, Amy Adams is cute. 
yeah, I like Amy Adams, but if I had to put, if I'm putting a redhead in there, I'm probably going with Emma Stone. I've been watching The Curse, and I, I like oh, Emma I got to finish The Curse. Yeah, is did Emma Stone not make this list? Uh, she did not. That's also shocking and insane. Yeah, but okay, continue. <laughs> Number four, I have a feeling that maybe she'd make your list. Mila Kunis. Oh yeah, well, yes, up until the recent apology video for supporting Dan Matherson. That, Everybody that makes... took a lot of that took a lot of wind out of my sails yeah. on the Mila Kunis train. That was bad. <laughs> That's. I mean. They're probably in a tough place or something. They're like, in a tough place, but I feel like they they're, they're going to that's going to be one of those one of those fumbles that people don't forget. Yeah. Easily. Like, we all make mistakes. It was a misstep, yeah. but number 3, Halle Berry. Yeah, why yeah. not? Halle Berry's cute. Yeah. Halle Berry. I like Halle Berry. Number 2, this one's definitely on my list. Amelia Clark. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Amelia Mother Clark. of Dragons. For me, honestly, the funny thing was like she was cute as Khaleesi. I was like, yeah, I like Khaleesi. For me, it was in last that last Christmas movie that yeah. she did where she had like her natural hair color. I was like, yeah. oh damn, yeah. she, she's really pretty. Yeah, uh, Amelia, yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. Amelia <laughs> Clark is a beautiful woman who seems to have an amazing personality and been through a lot of health issues like yeah i was gonna say she's kind of been mia for for a while i didn't know that it was health stuff but oh i mean this was before her career she had oh, like okay strokes i believe she she uh yeah she really like almost died i think i i watched something with her at some point you could look into if you want to know about amelia clark's health problems throughout her life you can look it up but she's uh an impressive person and yes she's awesome and number one Maybe kind of an obvious one, especially if we're talking. If this was the '90s or the early, if it was, if this was the '90s or the early 2000s, Matt, who would be number one on this list? Because she's still at number one. Dear God, who? Um, like Britney Spears or Christi- no. like some pop star? Who? No, not a pop star. Jennifer Aniston. Oh yeah, you know I'm gonna say a hot take here. Of the three Friends girls, the one I'm least oh, into. Kid. Get out of here. Courtney Cox, every time I watch Friends, I'm like, she's the cutest of the Friends. And I don't know. Like I said, I like weird dorky people. Like, Phoebe was, like, totally my type. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. All three of them are, they they look great. Like, I'm not saying anything about their looks. But Jennifer Aniston, come on. Never did it for me. Never did. Even as a kid watching Friends, never did it for me. Yeah. But that that was the list that was skewed very much towards, like, I feel like, people in their 40s and 50s if they made a list because yeah. i'm like what yeah where's taylor swift where's uh who who else uh you're telling me that there's not a bunch of teenage boys like looking up like saying that olivia rodrigo or olivia, any of those sure. pop stars are their crushes sabrina carpenter like yeah. these are like huge names for teenagers right the, now and you're telling me that they none of them have made it onto like a search result keep in mind <laughs> i got all this info from a site called the loup or the loop <laughs> or the loop. Listen, we only work with the most pressing, <laughs> sincere sources. In, I just needed thunder. Someone on the internet somewhere put a list of eight men and eight women, and I used it as a basis for an entire segment on the one hit thunder. <laughs> that we need. You could just throw something out there, and somewhere 
someone's gonna podcast about it. But uh, exactly. Well, Jennifer and listen, Page crush, thunder or blunder. Well, I want to say one last thing, and then okay. I'll answer that, guys. We're talking about this one because our great patrons at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast voted for us to talk about this one. So if you enjoyed that dumb game that we just did, there's plenty more if you go to the Patreon because we do dumb games every single, I believe it's Friday morning. There is a Mm. new Patreon bonus episode with us just shooting the shit like that. But when it comes to uh, Jennifer Page Crush, I mean, she seems great. I'm Mm -hmm. still going to give this a blunder. I think that this song is really good. I think the songwriter who, you know, wrote DuckTales is yeah. kind of the person who's Muller. bringing the thunder. Muller yeah. here, Mark Muller, is bringing the thunder here. Um, Jennifer Page, I mean, I'm excited that, like, her newer songs kind of hit pretty well. But, man, it took two decades <laughs> to to find a sound that I was kind of into. So, I, I mean, I hope she's not listening to this episode, Jen. Please don't be upset with us if you hear the episode, but I am going to have to say blunder on on Jennifer Page Crush, or as Chris calls her, Jennifer Crush. Jennifer Crush. Jennifer Crush, if you're listening. I really like the song. She didn't write the song. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a kind of a, a strike against it for me. She performs it well. I, I could act, actually say she performs it amazing. Like, it's her performance of it that made it a hit. It was the combo. So you can't discount someone's performance just because they didn't write it. But had she written it, I think I would have went undoubtedly thunder, but now I'm on the fence. Didn't really like, I think we don't know for sure, but I think you might be right that this song started taking off and it was like, Oh, we got to make a bunch more songs. Hurry up. Get this, get this album out there because the album wasn't even out when she performed it on Regis and Kathy Lee. And yeah, I listened to a lot of Jennifer Page and nothing else. There was nothing I thought was bad. But no, no, it's not else. like it was a bad artist. But it's not a catchy. I mean, when you're this is like you said, "Baby One More Time," the single just drops, and mm-hmm. like looking at the the career trajectory, and not pretending that Britney Spears wrote any of those songs either. But Britney just had the the songwriting behind it, where even that album that "Baby One More Time" is on has like five mega hits mm-hmm. on it like jennifer page just didn't have the right songwriters or whatever else to keep writing the songs that were as catchy as crush i think here's what i'm gonna say jennifer if you're listening love the song think you're a talented artist really good um and i think that she should have and i'm glad that she's still making music i think she should have a successful career but if i was saying, should she have had more massive hits? Uh, you know, did she deserve to be bigger than she was, have more massive hits? I, in my opinion, the answer is no, because the there's not an, I didn't hear another song that was as strong as this one. So yeah. with that being the basis, I would say I would give it a soft blunder. Like it, it's, okay. it, yeah. Yeah. I think neither one of us are proud of putting this in the blunder category, mm-hmm. but we never are, unless it's like a real asshole of an artist, and then yeah, we like no, gleefully I, she seems great. dunk. But all right, well, we'll be back next week with even more uh, podcast stuff. Love talking about my crushes with you, Matt. I love talking about my crushes with anybody.
This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalius of the band Punchline and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're listening to Developing You Camera off the Punchline album Just Say Yes. Be sure to check out punchlinemusic.com for any upcoming news on the band. Our podcast is on Patreon now. Find us at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast for early access to episodes, bonus conversations, and a chance to vote on future songs for us to cover. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on any podcasting app, and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. listening to the Geekscape Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.